Well, this morning, um, I want to dovetail with the Advent theme. The Advent theme is uh, peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Advent means the arrival of a noble person, thing, or event. Of course, Advent, for Christians, we are looking forward to the, uh, the holy day of Christmas where we celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus. But how many know as Christians, we're not just looking for, we're not just looking back towards the first coming of Jesus. We're also looking forward to the second Advent, the second coming of Jesus, where he will come and rule and reign on this planet. So us Christians are looking for the second coming. Jews, on the other hand, they, um, most of them don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Um, so they're still looking for the first coming of the Messiah. When we were in uh, Israel, our tour guide uh, was Jewish. He was not a Christian. But he and I got to talking about some of the messianic prophecies of the Old Testament. Because I'm like, you know, you know, this is talking about Jesus, don't you? Um, come on, it's pretty clear here. Anyway, um, we were talking about... We're, we we're talking about some of these messianic uh, prophecies, and anyway, he said he said this to me. He said, uh, "When the Messiah comes, he said, when the Messiah comes, he's like, I'm going to go, I'm going to shake his hand, and I'm going to say to him, welcome to Jerusalem.' And if he says back to me, it's good to be back, then I'll know that it's Jesus is the Messiah. <laughs> so did you call catch that? It's good to be back. So it would be his second coming." <laughs> But the Advent theme this week is peace. Jesus, of course, is the Prince of Peace. The title of our message is Practicing Peace. As believers, as Christians, we have to actually practice peace. Peace is not an automatic default of just living in this world. How many know that's true? This world is always trying to steal away your peace. However, I want to make a distinction today between um, the peace of God and the peace that the world offers. The world doesn't really offer peace, but the world would um, define peace as this. The world defines peace as the lack of chaos, war, strife, or really uncomfortable circumstances. That's kind of the world's definition of peace. That is not the Bible's definition and God's definition of peace. Someone might say, uh, you know, how, how was your evening last night? They're like, oh, we had a peaceful evening. Basically what they're saying is it was uneventful. Nothing, nothing ex- uh, extravagant happened. Yes, Lord. <laughs> Someone needs to silence their phone. But that's not God's definition of peace. Here's the deal. God's peace is not passive. God's peace is proactive. And God's peace does not avoid storms. God's peace storms the storm. Okay, Um, and as Christians, oftentimes, I I think one of the ways we hear God's voice, and many of you can identify with this, one of the ways we we hear and discern his voice is, you know, oftentimes it's not this audible voice or whatever, but oftentimes it is like I'm following peace. And the peace of God says, make this decision, don't, don't buy that car, don't buy that house, you know, hire this person, you know, we, we have peace in our hearts, and that is one of the ways that the Lord leads us. However, what I want to give a little warning about is um, that can, I think at times for Christians, be confused with um, uh, putting yourself in the situations that stretch you. Okay, just because you're in a situation that is stretching you 
doesn't automatic, and, and you feel like, oh, this is, I've never done this before. This is, I'm like out further than I've ever been. This is, this is, something, this is something crazy for me. That doesn't feel like peace, but you can still have the peace of God within that. I'll give you an example of this. Um, years ago, my wife and I, um, we, were, we were college pastors, and we had, as Leslie does, she has table groups for the women's ministry, and we had table groups for the young adults. And every semester we had to like make sure we got enough um, table leaders to facilitate the table. And we had a, a young guy in our ministry, he'd never led a table before, and we're like, hey, we would like you to be a table leader. And he'd never done anything like that before, and he's like, ah, oh, me? And he's like, let me pray about it. So he prays about it, and he gets back with me a couple days later, and he sends me this text. And I didn't push him on the issue. I just kind of went with it. But he said, you know what? I'm not having peace slash release to, to do it. You know, I'm just not feeling like it's really not a lot of pressure, honestly, and a lot of work either. But he's like, I'm not really having peace and release. And this is my feeling in that particular situation was I felt like he was confusing the peace that God offers uh, following peace and just doing something he'd never done before. He was going to be stretched a little bit, and he was feeling the anxiety of that. I think he was confusing that with how we try to follow God and have peace. And so I will just say from my own life, sometimes, as, and as Christians, oftentimes we, because the Lord leads us, we put ourselves in situations where we're stretched beyond anything we've ever done before. Have you ever been here? I'll give you an example. Like we started a church a few years ago. That has stretched me further than anything in my life before. It is something we'd never done before. It's been very challenging, but God has been with us the entire way. And so we need to be careful. Um, Here's the deal. We cannot live to avoid conflict because whether you like it or not, you are in a conflict. You You are in a conflict between what? Between good and evil, between light and darkness, between peace and chaos, responsibility versus laziness, order versus decay. The question for us Christians is not, are you in a war? The question for us is, will you contend for the things that are worth contending for in your life? There are certain things that Christians on this planet can and should contend for. Amen? And so it's not just the peace of God isn't avoiding any difficult situation. The peace of God oftentimes is going into the storm with the peace that he provides going through that thing. And you will find that um, God is never late. He often feels late to us. He's just on time. But oftentimes you will not experience the grace of God for a situation until you're standing right in the middle of it. It's like right before I'm like, yes, I'm going to do this. I don't feel ready. You step into the situation. It's like, okay, here's the grace of God. So as a pastor, as a leader, I want you in the fight. I want you contending for the things that are worth contending for in your life. We just talked about testimonies of healing and, and going after those things. Listen, those things are worth contending for. Those things are worth standing for. Those things are worth going after. And we want to pursue those things. So the peace of God is not passive. The peace of God is actually an aggressive peace that storms the storm. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. You remember when Jesus was with Peter, um, they were at uh, Caesarea Philippi, and Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? And Peter gives the right answer. He says, you are Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said, Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven 
And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, right? There is a prevailing um, spirit that Christians need to have. We need to go after things. We need to go after uh, ending sex trafficking. We need to go after um, sickness and disease because Jesus purchased that on the cross, amen? We need to go after poverty because those things that God has um, ordained for us to go after. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. The violent need to take it. <clears throat> by force. Many times the things that God has for us, we actually have to use our authority and forcefully take hold of them. Amen? <clears throat> it's kind of like um, if you have law enforcement. Um, just because you have laws and law enforcement doesn't mean that everyone's going to abide by those laws. Amen? Oftentimes, police officers have to enforce those laws, right? And this is the same thing with us as believers. We have the kingdom of God. Um, We have the laws he set up. We have authority. But oftentimes, we have to actually execute and use that authority. So what does the kingdom of God look like? What are we contending for? Romans chapter 14, verse 17 says this. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. By the way, eating and drinking really is a definition of the world's world's peace. It's essentially that safety, security, comfort, and ease. That is the definition of of the world's peace. But how many know that if you have the kingdom of God operating in your life, the manifestation of that is first righteousness, then peace and joy. I'll just explain that really quick. Um, How many know that you don't have a righteousness of your own, but you are righteous. How? You have his righteousness, right? Um, if you're righteous, it's because he gave you his righteousness. Now, because of that, we have peace with God. And if we have peace with God, then we have the overflow of joy in our lives. So they're kind of built upon one another. Because I've been brought into right relationship with the Lord, I'm at peace with God. The, overflow of the, the natural only overflow of that is abundance of joy in the Holy Spirit. But guess what? Many times we still have to contend and take hold of it. Um, Many times I think our goal, maybe as Americans or even as our misconceptions of Christianity, is that we want to follow the path of least resistance. But many times if you're a Christian, you're actually not signing up for the path of least resistance. You're, you're, You're signing up for a war. Because how many of you are going against the flow? That is... That takes energy. Going with the flow doesn't take any energy. If, if you ever floated down the river on a tube, that's kind of fun, and it's easy. You just kind of steer yourself a little bit so you don't run into the banks. Okay? That's what the world does. They're just going with the flow of culture, going with the flow of the world. But Christianity is like, no, I'm making a stand, and I'm going to go in the opposite direction of culture, and I'm going to follow Jesus. And many times Jesus leads us in a direction where we're going to have to r- apply ourselves. It's not the path of least resistance. Okay, um, he has a storm, the storm. John chapter uh, 14, verse 27. Jesus is getting his disciples ready because he's about to go to the cross and he's getting them ready to um, live a life with him in heaven, with Jesus in heaven. He says this, John fourteen twenty seven, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give you as the world gives, okay? There is a version of peace that the world gives, but it's not the way Jesus gives it. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Remember, the, the world's version of peace is lack of conflict, lack of strife, 
lack of uncomfortable situations. Jesus' peace doesn't look like the world's peace. What does it look like? Well, we don't have any, any old peace. We have Jesus' peace. Okay? Just like you don't, have, you don't have your own righteousness, you have his righteousness. Same thing with peace. You have his peace. And the great thing about that is you can be going through difficult situations and still have peace because it's not your peace, it's his peace. Amen? So I want to talk a little bit about the difference between God's peace and the world's peace. God's peace is transcendent and eternal. The world's peace is circumstantial and temporal. God's peace is eternal. Why? The world's peace is based upon lack of chaos, war, strife, etc. It's circumstantial base. But God's peace is eternal. You can have it when, you're, when things are going well, and you can have it when things are not going well. And that, more importantly, you can have it when things are not going well. It says this in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7. I mentioned Messianic prophecy verse. This is one of them. It says this, speaking of Jesus. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. If you have the kingdom of God operating in your life, it begins oftentimes as a seed, but it increases and grows. So here's, and it should abound more and more in our own lives. This is why we go from Glory to glory, grace to grace, faith to faith, strength to strength, shalom to shalom, peace to peace. Amen? That is, the, that is the kingdom of God operating in our lives, and that should be the normal Christian life. Eternal life, and I've said this many times from the pulpit, eternal life is not something that happens when you, you accept Jesus and then you die and then you have eternal life. That's not eternal life. That's, thank God for that. That is part of eternal life. But eternal life begins the moment you trust Christ as your Lord and Savior. Eternal life is knowing God and having a relationship with him. The peace of God, same, same thing. The peace of God is not something that we will attain someday when we no longer have to contend with problems. The peace of God is something that we become acquainted with here on earth, and our trajectory continues even when we pass through the veil into eternity. That's the peace of God. So, God's peace is transcendent. God's peace is eternal. That's number one. Number two, God's peace brings wholeness into our lives. Okay, and this is the big difference. There are two, I want to show you why. There are two words in the Bible for peace. They're very similar. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew, and in the New Testament, the Greek. The Hebrew word um, for peace in the Bible is shalom. Everyone say shalom. Shalom means peace. It's, it's both a greeting and a goodbye, and it means peace. But this is the, the, the breakdown of the word uh, shalom. It means completeness, soundness, welfare, and peace. Notice completeness. It doesn't mean lack of adverse circumstances. It means you're complete. You're, you're, you're a complete person ready to go through that situation. Greek, the Greek word, very similar. Uh, Irene, it means to join, to tie together into uh, a whole. It means wholeness, i.e., all the essential parts are joined together. Peace, God's gift of wholeness. God's gift of wholeness. That's what peace looks like. Um, Jesus said, 
uh, when he was in Nazareth, he read from the scrolls. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to bind up the brokenhearted. Okay, this is what Jesus does. He loves to take broken things and put them back together. He's really good. How many of you like to like, fix broken things, like to tinker with broken things? Listen, Jesus is the best at that. He loves to take broken situations. And listen, even as Christians at times, um, we go through things that make us feel and fragmented and shattered in situations. But Jesus loves putting those things back together and making us complete and whole in him. God's peace means to be complete. God's peace means to be whole. All the essential parts um, together. How many of you have ever um, broken a bone? My daughter's broken bones. I can tell you that for certain. She's broken three? Six? <laughs> I told them the last time. Jeez. Yeah, I, one time our parent, my parents were like, are you giving her like milk, like calcium? or What's going on here? She broke her collarbone because she rolled off a changing table one time. That was not her fault, I guess. Um, it wasn't our fault either. It was a babysitter. It was a babysitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then she broke both of her wrists on uh, tr- trampoline. Was it trampoline both times? Trampoline and a hammock. So, <laughs> so anyway, is that it? And then her toe. Yeah, so... So, how, like, yeah, how many of you broken bones? Yeah. What did the doctor have to do? Oftentimes, sometimes the bones set and they just have to cast it. Other times, have you ever seen a broken, a broken bone and it's like the arm is bent? That's scary looking, right? What does the doctor have to do? The doctor has to set the bone, right? Otherwise, it will heal in a funky way. Listen, Jesus, Jesus takes our shattered souls our shattered emotions, our, our shattered spirits, he puts us back together so that we can behold and be healed in relationship and union with him. He's very good at this. And by the way, if you've, in your life, if you feel like, God, that, what Pastor Kurt just described about my soul, I feel broken. I feel shattered. And listen, we live in a world where even though we have this union with Christ, we're one in spirit with him, which I'll explain more in a minute, um, we go through circumstances where we feel shattered and fragmented. Listen, Jesus is the great physician, and he can put you back together again. And so you can just sit with him and say, God, here's, here's my heart. Here's what's going on. Would you help me just put this back together again? And he will do it for you. Okay. But God's peace is not the lack of adverse circumstances. God's peace is completeness and wholeness. So you can be going through a storm and still be whole because you're equipped for the storm. Amen? You're equipped for the thing that you're going through. It's not the aversion of adverse circumstances. It's actually going through difficult circumstances as a whole person. And that is an amazing thing for us because we can face the things of life and still have peace because we are whole in Christ Jesus. Um, I want to give an illustration of this because um, oftentimes I think the picture we have of peace is like this serenity and like some mountain scene or sitting on a beach and like, ah, that's peace. Well, that's nice. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. Those are, those are great things. But that's not the definition of God's peace. God's peace is wholeness. So you can go through a difficult situation and still be whole. Um, I want to give an illustration of this. Um, I want to play a video of an icebreaker. And how many know the icebreakers are breaking through something? They're breaking through. They're, they're, they're facing adverse circumstances, right? Um, but they're designed and they're equipped for the task at hand. So this is, this is a picture, actually, of shalom in action. 
So go ahead and roll that video. pretty cool, huh? So believe it or not, that actually is a picture of shalom because they're facing adverse, difficult circumstances, but those icebreakers are equipped to break through and go through adverse circumstances. This is kind of a fun fact, but those are the most powerful icebreakers in the world, and they can go through ice that's as thick as 2.9 meters thick. That's how, that's how deep the ice can be, and it could break through. That's crazy. And those are actually uh, nuclear-powered um, icebreakers, so pretty crazy. Um, you want any more fun facts about that? So, Here's the deal. You're like that icebreaker, okay? You are created to go through adverse circumstances, whether you chose them and God said go that direction or you just found yourself in the middle of them. You are created to face difficult situations and be whole because how many of those... those Icebreakers are whole and equipped for the challenge at hand, and you're equipped for the challenge at hand. Amen? You're complete and whole going through that circumstance. So here's the deal. When you're facing a situation and you don't feel like you have what it takes to go through, this is what you can do. God, I don't feel equipped for this, but I have to go through it. So you're about to equip the unequipped. Okay? If If you don't feel equipped, you're going through circumstance, and you have to go through it. And God's leading you to it. Say, God, I don't feel equipped for this situation, but you're about to equip the unequipped. If, you don't, if you're going through a situation and you don't feel empowered, you say, God, I don't feel empowered for this situation. I don't feel like I have what it takes, but you're about to empower the unempowered. Amen? He has to give you grace to go through these situations. He can't leave us as orphans. Amen? You guys getting this? It's important that we get this as believers, as Christians, because otherwise we will believe that our highest Christian goal is to get our ducks in a row. And that's not your highest Christian goal. Your highest Christian goal is not to sort it all out and have a good day. Amen? Nothing wrong with sorting things out. Nothing wrong with getting your home in order and all this kind of stuff. That's not the highest Christian goal. The highest Christian goal is identification with Jesus walking with him, being in union with the Lord Jesus. Amen? Christ-likeness. And then we face circumstances through that reality. 
God's peace is not represented by the lack of uncomfortable circumstances. It's represented by our spiritual union with the Prince of Peace himself. And then we face circumstances through that reality. Without God, we would live as fragmented, detached beings trying to grasp at straws to get our needs met. But with God, we are one in spirit with him. 1 Corinthians 6.17 says this, But the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. I love that verse. We are like, he took his spirit and my spirit and commingled them. Like the distance between me and God is zero. Amen? He lives in my, the distance is zero. He's like, if I had, I've given this illustration before, I had two bottles of water and this, they're each half full and I pour one into the other. How many know you're never going to separate all those molecules like you had them before? They'll never be separated again. This is what he has done with the new creation uh, that we are in Christ Jesus. You are a new creation in Christ when you receive him as Lord and he's commingled us together. That's pretty good. So then we can face circumstances through that reality. And I'll conclude with this. John 14, we read this verse, 1427. Jesus said this. This is to you. This is to me. This is to the world. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. I love it. He's like, I'm going away, but I'm leaving something behind. I'm leaving peace. Look at the two verses before that. Verses 25 and 27. He said this, all, all this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, and he will remind you of everything I said to you. Here's the deal. God's peace is personified in the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's personified in the presence of the Prince of Peace. It's not personified, I'm sorry, it's not um, defined as the lack of adverse circumstances as Christians, we are oftentimes called into adverse circumstances. Anyone who's gone on a mission trip understands this. Anyone who started a business understands this. Anyone who's been married understands this. Created for adversity, right? Because <laughs> you go through stuff together, and ideally not against each other, but you're fighting in the same direction, amen? Anyone who started a family understands this. That we will face adversity, but we can go through it with our union in the Holy Spirit. Amen? God's peace is not passive. God's peace is aggressive. He's putting his peace on the inside of you so that you can go into circumstances and storm the storm with his presence. Amen? I want you guys to stand on your feet and I'm going to pray and then we'll, we'll close up. So Lord, I thank you for every person here. God, we do at times need that serenity, that peace, that... that um, um, those, that Sabbath, Lord, that you've called us to do. Certainly there's truth to that, Lord. But I thank you as Christians. You haven't just called us here to get our ducks in a row, Lord. You've called us to go and multiply and spread your kingdom through this world, Lord. And so I just bless every person here today, Lord. I pray that we would be so aware of our union, of our relationship with the Lord, that we would know that we're complete in Christ and we would face every circumstance with the Lord. God, you've called us to uncomfortable situations oftentimes, but we can face those uncomfortable situations with the Comforter, with the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, I just bless your people today. We thank you for peace, your declaration over the world. When you came, the angels declared this when, when Jesus was born in the manger. Uh, 
Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth on whom his favor rests. And Lord, we thank you that we are favored, highly favored of the Lord. Your peace rests on us. We love you. We thank you for today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen.